now tuned in to the Kerry Chavis Experience. To the spot to come and get it off your chest, yeah We just finna talk, no need to go and grab your fist, yeah Tell me what you going through Problems that you see in life, no need to keep it real discreet So what about your love life? We can keep it real confidential on the low, yeah But only thing I'm trying to do is let the people know, yeah You can be comfortable on the show, that's what it's for, yeah Releasing all your problems and the drama for the oh yeah So what you wanna rant? Talk about your friends or your cousin or your aunt Co-worker at your job, is it money, is it sex? Or maybe even stress? Yo, carry man, put them on the set we are back. It's season one, episode three of the Carrie Chaves Experience. And of course, this episode is called Young, Black, and Brilliant. And of course, we have Eddie Lewis on the phone line today. That's actually Dr. Eddie Lewis. What's up, man? How are you? How you doing? How you doing? I'm good. Good. Okay, doing well. Doing well. All right. So uh, welcome to the Carrie Chaves Experience uh, podcast. Uh, tell me a little bit about yourself. Introduce yourself to the people that are listening right now. All right. How y'all doing, people? Uh, my name is Dr. Eddie Lewis the third. I'm from Lake Charles, Louisiana. Um, I have a vast uh, education experience from PWI mm-hmm. to HBCU. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've done a lot in the community. Um, I'm really just a hometown hero I try to be, you know? <laughs> I like that. I like that. All right, so tell us a little bit uh, about yourself. You're born and raised in Lake Charles. What school did you attend in high school? Uh, I attended St. Louis Catholic School in high school. Okay. All right. So uh, we, we see right now in the news and also on social media, uh, St. Louis alum organized a petition. What can, what can you tell us about your experience at St. Louis? Um, man, it's funny. I had a heart to heart with my mom today. Mm-hmm. Um, really, I I think going to St. Louis for me personally, mm-hmm. it was one of my parents' worst investments. Okay, um, I'm saying that because I I really learned in high school that no matter what you do, if these, um. If these white kids are these biggest say you're guilty, you're guilty. Mm-hmm. And I learned that at school. And it's like so funny that the petition came out because now it's like students from black students from different generations saying the exact same thing right. who probably never met each other. Right. But still being placed in that system is just right. it's not fitting. Can you can you tell us um, an experience that if you have like a, a actual example of something you experienced at St. Louis? Oh, yeah. So my sophomore year, it was homecoming. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, me and a group of friends, we, we on a football team. So we hopped on the freshman float, right? Mm-hmm. And an incident happened where a Coke bottle was thrown off the float. But everyone knew who did it of uh, me and my friends. So um, a young white guy, he was maybe like a, a senior that year, never talked to me, never spoke to me. He went in the office and told them that I threw the Coke bottle off and it hit a baby and all this and that. Wow. But, and it, it was right then and there. I'm guilty. They didn't even ask me my mm. side. And it created so much <coughs> turmoil at school and at home because the punishment they wanted to give me, I refused. And, you right. know, they called home. And it's just the back and forth. And then when it all came out that, oh, Eddie didn't really do it, then it became a question why didn't you tell? Oh, you took the mm-hmm. no snitching route, but it it was bigger than the no. Even though I I, I I'm a firm believer in not snitching, but still, mm-hmm. it was bigger to me because I wanted to tell everybody, look, they're wrong. They they right. did me dirty. So that was my biggest stance on it. When it came out, it wasn't like 
the the white kid got in trouble, it was just like, right. oh, okay, you off the hook, but we're going to get somebody for it. And I right. feel like that was dirty of them. So as a young African-American male, um, in that situation, how did that make you feel? Man, it was a terrible time. Like, I, mm-hmm. I didn't want to go to school. I didn't. It was so much turmoil just in the home and in yeah. school to where it was like, I don't even know where I fit in right now because I mm-hmm. literally know I didn't do this. Everybody else knows I didn't do this, but my parents in the school, somebody's trying to figure out did I do it, but yeah. I knew I didn't do it. So it was just like, but you see it play out on a bigger scale, but even yeah. though this was a small scale, it still affected me in a big way. Do you think that situations like this are issues that a lot of African-American males across the country face? Definitely, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, how did that impact you as you left St. Louis to go into higher education? Did it make you bitter or did it make you more um, reserved and wanted to become a better person because of it? It, it definitely made me more reserved. Mm-hmm. It, um, it just kind of made me focus on not interacting with as much mm-hmm. um, white people, I could say. Mm-hmm. I, I tended to draw to the all black crowd that mm-hmm. in college but but in college it was a different experience because okay. some of those people some of those people would tell you they're big some of those people would say hey look I don't really necessarily hang with black people and do certain things with black people but to get this A I'm gonna need you but mm-hmm. see in St. Louis it was more of a mass thing like they didn't tell you they were big but behind your back they do all this and that so mm-hmm. it was a different aspect going from right. high school to college Okay. So education-wise, what did you do after you graduated from St. Louis? So after after St. Louis, I attended ULM from okay. 2011 to 2016, and I got a bachelor's in toxicology. Okay. Um, a lot of people don't know what toxicology is. I was about to ask you, for people who don't know, what is that you got to tell? <laughs> um, so toxicology is the study of um, harmful toxins to the environment and also to okay. the body. So anything that can be ingested, anything that... Um, we had classes to teach you like all the poisons and all the other such things. So it still was in the medicine realm and dealt yeah. with um, a form of pharmacology, which I knew I wanted to do. So I tried to stay in that realm as well. Okay. So what made you want to study um, toxicology? Um, honestly, I I never heard of it. And yeah. I just, I knew I wanted to do science and I was mm-hmm. like, what is toxicology? And they kept telling me it's the closest thing to pharmacy at mm-hmm. ULM. It's the closest thing. So I was yeah. like, okay, cool. I'll try it. And man, when I say it was some of the best learning I ever had. Yeah. Do you do you see a lot of people who look like you in that particular um, education room? Do you see a lot of young African-American males in toxicology? Uh, not, not per se. More, mm-hmm. I would say more biology or chemistry. Okay. But toxicology, no. Okay. What was the hardest part um, about being a student at ULM uh, as an African-American male. We, we always talk about how our experience is so much different than other people. What was the hardest part for you in um, undergrad? I guess fighting the system because um, I played okay. the Alpha Phi Alpha Fraternity Incorporated. Okay. And being on a D9, being in a D9 Greek, you get to see the white frats do things mm. that we couldn't do necessarily. So okay. fighting to do the same thing that they could do was one of like the toughest things. Like, why can't we have the step show when we want it? Why are you mm-hmm. telling us it has to be these limitations? 
But these kids could throw all these parties and leave right. alcohol all over campus. Like, mm-hmm. we yeah. ask these questions, and then they look at us stuck, like, why are you asking us this? But no, it's the question that needs to be answered. Was there a point during undergrad that you may have wanted? Like, we see a lot of black males that go to school. Uh, they go through one year, two year, get to the junior year, and sometimes drop out. What kept you going to make sure that you graduated? Man, I think I think it's just just the hustle in me, honestly. Mm-hmm. Okay. It, it was it was a lot of bumps and bruises, but I couldn't come home empty-handed. Yeah, I was told, that something? Was that something that your parents kind of instilled in you, or was that something that you just kind of like you had kind of um, a motivation for yourself? No, nah, that was motivation for me. Cause so, because okay. I had I had a lot of people tell me I couldn't go and do things. I couldn't make it to college. I couldn't be a college athlete. Right. And I did all them things, but it was maybe like my junior year when I kind of stopped like caring mm-hmm. about like all oh, these. I stopped trying to prove everybody, and I was like, right. "All right, just prove to yourself you could do this. Just prove okay. to yourself you could graduate." Man, that just kept me going. Like that right. was the main thing to prove like to it. myself I could do it. So for young people who are in college right now, and you talked about bumps in the road and experiencing bumps in the road, what's your advice to them when it comes to dealing with those bumps in the road? Man, you have to stay resilient in your own efforts. Mm-hmm. Like, I made a dream. I had a dream. I made a plan, and I stayed resilient. Like, no matter what, you got to shake back. You got to right. – even if you don't have an umbrella, you got to take the rain because you know a, a sunny day going to come for you. Right. So, so I, I love how you said that because it makes sense for a lot of people. But let's make that real. So for people who are right now going through stuff in college and, like, give me the experience that you went through in college and you probably thought you were going to get through it and you made it through it. Like, like how did you do it? Um, so, oh, my graduating semester, I'm taking okay. toxicology um, 3002. I'm taking calculus. Um those two together, no one does ever. Like that's oh, wow. just that's just what you don't do. You take calculus by itself with a lot of easy classes, and you take your last tox class with a lot of easy classes. But mm-hmm. I put them both in my graduating semester, and it's like walking into the semester is like, okay, you don't know if you can do it, but you're gonna try <laughs> to do it. Well, what makes you want to so, do it? Was it just like the way the classes came, or, or there was there a reason behind you put them all at one time? Honest, I took I took calculus for the first time maybe um, two years prior, and mm-hmm. I, I had to drop it because I just I wasn't understanding, I wasn't getting it, it wasn't mm-hmm. clicking. So I dropped, and then the way it was just the way my schedule turned out that they both fell in the same semester. I didn't right. really pick it; it was just the hand that was given to me. Yeah. So, um. I don't know, man. I just put I put a lot of late nights in. Like gotcha. I, I'm a night owl. Gotcha. I just grind it each and every night. Okay. So to to, to your people who are going to school and might be dealing with those type of stress, your advice then will probably be just grind, just grind it out. No, I mean, you gotta sit and you, you gotta meditate. You gotta find it in yourself. You really gotta search within yourself to say, mm-hmm. okay, I, I got this. I can do it. You never want to down yourself or hit. You really gotta understand the bigger picture. What are you gotcha. doing this for? You might be trying to get your parents out of a situation, get yourself out of a situation. Right. So you got to dig a little deeper and, and find what's around you and really pull yourself up. Awesome. Okay. So you left ULM, graduated, got that done. What happened after ULM? 
After ULM, I moved to Tallahassee, okay. Florida, and I started pharmacy school at okay. FAMU. So what, what was the difference of going from um, ULM to an HBCU? Man, it was like, it was crazy because my first day, it's like, I see nothing but me. <laughs> like, young yeah. black men and women in suits and yeah. ties, and we all in class together. And at ULM, man, it it, it was a lot of young black people there doing great things, but not everyone yeah. was black. Like, you didn't see the whites as minorities. Yeah. And it was just a big shocker for me, honestly. So seeing all African-American um, men and women dressed up, going to class, being educated on a higher level, what did that do for your self-esteem? Man, it, it boosted it because it's like, if they could do it, I could do it. They look mm-hmm. just like me. No one's here trying to Everyone's uplifting everyone at HBCU, right. I can say. So you, what do you think has been uh, one of your determining factors um, as a black male in a society that isn't always conducive to black males? What keeps you going? What keeps you, um, you know, in, on the right path? I think it would be my younger um, family mm-hmm. members, like my little cousins, because they, they're growing up in the same city mm-hmm. I grew up in, and I know – what could happen in in, in this yeah. city. So it's like, if I could be that role model for them, if I could tell them, look, it's a different yeah. way you could do it. Because I know a lot of people doing the wrong thing, but if I could be there that night and shine the arm yeah. to try to just get your mind to see another uh, another way, man, that's the biggest thing to me. That's what motivates me. Okay. So when you see situations like um, George Floyd, uh, Breonna Taylor in the news right now, you see that our country in the past month has become such a different place where people are like fighting for black lives. Um, how do you feel about that? Man, it's, I, I'm kind of torn between okay. the two because, you know, I'm I'm big on I want my people to mm-hmm. vote. I want my people to be heard. But at the same time, man, I'm not opposed to setting something on mm-hmm. fire. Like, we, we, we didn't try to be... Um, we tried to yeah. be nice. We tried all these different tactics and nothing's working, so... What do you do? I mean, I understand the people riding. I'm not so big on the looting and all of that. But if something got to go up in flames, I mean, hey. Make things better. You got to go. So what's your advice to young black males um, when they have interactions with police? What's your advice to them? Avoid at all Mm -hmm. costs. Try your best to just minimize any confrontation. Mm -hmm. Just, you know, do your best. But... I mean, I really haven't had it too much. I stay away from right. police. I don't I don't see police as friends. Right. I never was taught that police I honestly I've never called the police besides if I got in an accident mm-hmm. other than that. You know, I, I try to handle it myself. Gotcha. Okay, so we talk about voting. What's your thoughts on um decision two thousand twenty, Donald Trump versus uh, Joe Biden? What's your thoughts? Man, <laughs> it's 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 uh I'm not, I can't vote for Trump, but it's like, damn, I don't really want to vote right, for right, either. Right. So it's like, so it, it's like pick your yeah. poison. It's like, do we want another four years with this yeah. idiot, or do we want this? Uh, it's either an idiot or right. a dummy. So I'm, I'm, I'm gonna go with a dummy. You know, you I got what you. I'm saying. So what what makes you think that when you talk about Biden and Trump, what makes you think that it's one of those pick your poison type things? And I've heard a lot of young people say the same thing. That's an idea that young people feel like there's no representation in this election for them. What makes you feel that way? 
it's just no real agenda for okay. the blacks. It's there's it's just a lot of smoke in the yeah. air, you know. It's just oh this is possible, this is possible, but it's nothing concrete. Yeah. You haven't given us any What's factual it? things, how you wanna change, how you wanna incorporate different things. None of this is being done. And on the flip side with Trump, he he's giving the biggest and the ra- races yeah. all the power in the world to just do whatever they want. So it's really pick your yeah. poison. It's like, okay. So so if, if you had the opportunity really to do. speak to Joe Biden about a black agenda, I've heard a lot of people talk about the idea of a black agenda. What are like three things that would be on that black agenda for you? Uh, reparations. Mm-hmm. <laughs> we need to... We need to outlaw a lot of the racist type of things, the Confederate mm-hmm. flags, all of that. The man, look, y'all lost. It was three years, mm-hmm. y'all lost. I don't know a a bigger population of men and women who support losing. Yeah. Like it, it, it really <laughs> puzzles me. Like, Frank, yeah. y'all lost. What's up with that? Um, that, and I think the the school mm-hmm. system, like, um. I think more, I think black history needs to be taught less in February and more through the yes, other months. Gotcha. I get it's black history month. I, it, it is black history month, but man, let's, it's, it's more than Martin Luther King and yeah. Rosa Parks. Let, let's talk about the Good. real things. Like they got kids still learning about Christopher yeah. Columbus. Like he, he did nothing for the, nothing. He, he stole. Yeah. That was his biggest contribution. He stole gotcha. something. So it's like, what are we really teaching our kids? Awesome. I, I think that I think that matters. I think that's something that people should look into, especially if they want young people to lead. They have to look at their agendas and these something that matters to you. So what's next for you uh, since you graduated? What's next for you? Um, man, for, uh, get a okay. job. Uh, I plan to work in a hospital or do compound mm-hmm. and pharmacy. And I just had a daughter, so this new Congratulations. Dad is kind of cool. <laughs> how, old, how old is your daughter? Appreciate it. Uh, she'll be two weeks wow. Saturday. So, so as as a yeah. young African American male um, raising a daughter, what's your thought? What's what do you want for her as she grows up in this world? Man, just to be mm-hmm. smart, just to just to be patient when making decisions. That's because as a teenager, I was rash making yeah. decisions. I was we going off the head. <laughs> we just going with the move. And it it got me in some trouble sometimes, and trouble is easy to get into, but hard yeah. to get out of. So, so my biggest thing as a parent, I want you to sit back and think. You don't always have to move so quick. Just just analyze right. the situation and make the best move possible. But final question: As a black male, um, who I would say has like defied the odds. Um, you know, statistically, you should have been in jail. You should be incarcerated. You should be mm-hmm. dead. You know what I'm saying? But for you to be a graduate. To be a have a doctorate to uh, literally be a doctor um, is incredible. It's literally young, black, and brilliant. So, what's your advice to African Americans who this world doesn't always care about, doesn't always show in the best light? What's your advice to other black brothers and sisters that might be listening right now? Don't be scared to go against mm-hmm. the grain. When I was growing up, being a dummy was cool. Not not want to do right mm-hmm. was cool, but. I kind of had fun in school. I, lo- I love science. So anything they could teach me about science, sales, molecular weight, and all that, mm-hmm. I learned. Um, pick up a book. It- it's a That's the thing. It's a lot at the library these, these people won't mm-hmm. tell you. It's a lot. And one thing I always tell, like, my youngest cousins and things, man, 
the stuff you learn, they can't take away mm-hmm. from you. If you know knowledge, is nothing they can take away from you. If you pick up a book, that's the strongest thing. That's their worst nightmare. Awesome, awesome. So why not be Freddy Krueger? Right. <laughs> well, I'll say, uh, Dr. Eddie Lewis, man, you're an inspiration. Keep up the great work, and I want to thank you for being a part of the podcast. Appreciate it. Appreciate All right, man, it. Have a good one. All right.